celebrating female role models across our community, live from Cary Baptist Grammar in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Be Like Her Live on Cary Live. Hello everyone and welcome to Cary Live. My name is Greta Wansborough and here are my co-hosts, Sam, Charlotte and Emma. Today we are here at Cary Sports Complex and we are lucky enough to be interviewing Tamsin Lewis, who has achieved some amazing things, especially in running. Thank you so much for coming here today. So first off, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your career as a runner, um, when you started, who you started running for? <laughs> yes, yeah, sure. Thank you for the introduction. Um, well, I started running in primary school. My PE teacher saw me playing Tiggy. Um, and saw that I could catch the boys and thought that I was a pretty good runner. So put me into running. I never did little athletics because I grew up with boys. And so I thought it was so much more fun skateboarding and kicking the football and playing cricket and just didn't do little athletics. It just didn't interest me. And so I I got into athletics through the school system. Um, And then I guess I started to love it in high school just because I was good at it. (laughs) (laughs) Plain and simple. Like, you know, when you're good at something, you think, oh, this is awesome. So, yeah, that's probably why I started running and kept running. Yeah. So, you said you grew up with boys. Mm -hmm. How was that? Were you treated equally? Were you ever underestimated your abilities? (laughs) (laughs) If they did, I can't remember. I have an older brother. He's four years older. And I used to just, we lived in a court and um, his mates uh, lived across the road. And so, I just always got included, I think, because when you're quite sporty, I never felt like I was left out of anything. I was always part of their games and, you know, always allowed to play. If I couldn't do something, I was that kind of kid that would then practice it. So like say (laughs) cricket, bowling, it's not something that's quite natural that came to me. But like if I was going to bowl in the boys' cricket game, I'd have to practice. So they'd go inside for dinner and I'd be out trying to bowl the ball onto the fire hydrant over and over until I could do it. And so then you get to do it. So if there's something you want to do with the boys, I think it's just something that you practice long enough. And if you're good at it, they just include you. Yeah. Don't right. question it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, be- I believe that you went to Caulfield. Is I did. That true? I did yeah. go to Caulfield, Grandma. So- I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just wondering if that had an influence on your running career. It did. It did because um, my dad actually went to the Olympics and um, his coach was Neville Silito. And Neville Silito was um, the head of athletics at Caulfield Grammar. So it had a big influence on my sporting career because they had such a wonderful program and I really enjoyed the APS system. I think they're some of the fondest memories that I have looking back in athletics was competing with um, my schoolmates because athletics can be quite an individual sport when you're out there competing, even though Mm -hmm. you have a team behind you. But in um, school ath days, it's such a team sport. Like you're trying yep. to get, you know, you're trying to get that trophy for your school. So you're competing for points. You're doing events that you wouldn't necessarily do just yep. to try and um, help, you, help your school. So had a big influence on my enjoyment of the sport, yeah. Yep. And as you kind of got older, um, improved, started kind of seeing where you were going with it, what was it intensity-wise? Um, so the training, the training definitely got harder. I'm a big believer at, in teenage years because of my parents, both my parents represented Australian track and field that less is more as a teenager, yeah. um, especially as a female. There's so much that happens with your body in terms of it changing. You don't want to put too much pressure on it while you are changing. So for me, less was more. And then when I got to those late teen years and, and early 20s, that's when you step it up. And the intensity yeah. is incredible. Like it was my normal. So for me, I think of it when you were doing it and when you're immersed in it, you don't actually question it. But now as a 43-year-old looking back and, and seeing a lot of school kids, I think, wow, um, yeah, athletics, it did take a lot of my time. It was something yeah. that I was passionate about from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep. Yeah, and so you're talking about like a female growing up your body. Um, 
Have you, obviously it's very prominent in the media, have you witnessed extreme dieting or training in young girls or women who feel really pressured mm. to perform well at what they do and how do you feel that social media impacts this attitude? Well, I'm so glad that I didn't have social media at your age. Yeah. <laughs> um, it seems like yeah. it would add an incredible amount of pressure on what's already tough as a teenager. Um, for me, sport does apply pressure on you when you're doing an event where, you know what, there's no way around it. You have to be in shape to run a fast 400 metres or 800 metres. So you have to do the work and you have to um, make sure that you're eating well to compete well. I think my my brother coached me at the um, last half of my career and he was awesome with it. He said to me, you've just got to eat well and do the training and make the best version of you. I think so. one of the things I love about track and field is that it's not one shape fits all yeah. like you know you can be a different size you can be tall you can be small you can be stronger athlete you can be um you know a smaller athlete you can be skinnier you can be a muscly athlete and still be quite good at the yeah. 800 meters but I, I feel like the pressures that we have on us I think we put them on ourselves more yeah. I, I think that outside pressures are there but it's when we start to put those pressures on ourselves when it gets quite dangerous and I have seen it I've seen so many athletes fall fall in a trap to the to the bad diet and trying to look a certain way and look like somebody that they see that they think that they should look like but that's just not how it should be and it's the same with with everybody like you just have to make the best version of yourself yeah and I was also going to ask um as you've talked about you kind of like you know you've got to um get to this like certain level where you're like you know I've got to train I've got to eat right do you ever think that even all like though it's all about you know doing the work to put it in it's also mental and did you ever like kind of struggle with having like any strengths or weaknesses that you had to deal with and like use to your capacity? I think every athlete and every human has um, different strengths and weaknesses. I think for me as an athlete, my strength was my mental side. I was born competitive. Um, you know, my dad will tell me and my mom just like, you know, if there was just a, a game or a board game, I had to win it. I wanted to win it. So for me, the mental side of things is, is not <laughs> – you should know your strengths and weaknesses. And I think if you do, that makes you mentally strong. You're halfway there. Um, so my strength was more the fact that um, I could apply myself to a, to a task. I was motivated, self-motivated. I never needed um, a push to get myself going. It was always I wanted that goal. Once I'd set it, I had to do everything I could to achieve it. But on the flip side, that can be dangerous if you don't have your coach watching. You'll do every rep even though you've hurt your hamstring. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. So, so there's, there's one of my weaknesses could have been the fact that I was stubborn and um, did push too hard sometimes. So every single human has weaknesses and strengths. It's just trying to make those weaknesses better. But I think focusing on your strengths is also a big positive as well. Yeah. So going back to what Greta, Greta was mentioning before about like social media, did you ever find it like hard dealing with that, like the criticism? being like on such a big like world stage and that would have been one of my strengths as well I had a really good ability of blocking out the noise um I've always believed in listening to those around you who know you those around you who believe in you those around you who are telling you things for the right reason um I think it's 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 good if you can block out the noise um because there's always going to be someone who's going to try and bring you down and a lot of the people who say negative stuff to you, they actually don't have the full picture. And so they're not really the ones to be listening to. Um, but I do think that it's really tough these days even more so than when I was competing because there's so many more voices out there to try and shut out. Um, but if you can set yourself up with a really good team of people, 
you just don't need to listen to them. You can use the block button if you need to and you can walk away from your phones and your social media if you need to. Yeah. Um, obviously, you were an amazing runner, but was there any stage in your life where you considered maybe you had the potential to compete in another event? Or was it- <sighs> Look, when I was a kid, I used to watch Hawthorne all the time and I thought, <laughs> yeah, I could do this. <laughs> um, I was a skateboarder as well. So there was lots yep. of things that I, I probably thought if you had have asked me because I was probably a little arrogant when I was a child <laughs> and thought I could have been great at it. Um, but uh, no, I think once I started to run, I just love that feeling of running and I love the yep. individual sport side of it where it was you out there against another athlete. And even in track and field, there's so many different events. I could do other events. But I worked out pretty early. I didn't want to do a field event. I wanted to be head-to-head with my competitors on the track. Mm-hmm. Um, you've also mentioned that you had, like, a great support team and, like, you know, your brother and your parents and also that your parents, like, you know, have been represented in Australia. I'm pretty sure your dad went to Mexico City Olympics, he wasn't it? He did. He did. Good researching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was wondering, do you think that it's, like, obviously it is really important to have the support system, but do you think that being in the family you grew up in, it had an uh, impact on how you, have like, you know, turned out to be as an athlete? Um, it's interesting. I think with some people who, um, do sport, it, it can have an impact, but my parents didn't want me to do athletics because they'd had disappointments from that sport. So I think they actually tried to keep me away from it. Right. Hence the no little ass, uh, little, um, little athletics and, and doing other sports when I was younger. They, their, their positive side was that because they didn't push me into it, I found it myself. And um, they also knew the importance of doing every other sport through high school years as well and really enjoying your teenage years. So I think for me, um, having parents who'd done the sport before wasn't like a lot of people think that they would have got me into sport and then sort of ferried me through. Um, They sort of held me back and they kept knowing when, when I had talent as a teenager to keep holding me back because as a senior, that's where you want to be going well. Right. Yeah. So you seem to be a pretty determined and competitive um, (laughs) young girl growing up. Um, Did you feel that there was any time where you were treated differently to boys when you were growing up in this? Um, I think I I just didn't think like that. You know, The, the, the boys at Caulfield Grammar were amazing with me. Like, you know, a lot of the times the girls were training, um, at a separate track and I used to sometimes go on the boys bus to go train with the boys because they thought I'd get a bit more competition training with the boys. I just never thought anything of it because they were wonderful. They never questioned it and they always thought, oh, Tamsin's coming along with us because she's fast. Um, and they let me train with them and they were so supportive and, you know, even when there were parties, they were always like, well, we'll look after Tamsin and make sure she doesn't um, get into any trouble and she'll go home early and that's fair enough. That's her thing. There was no pressure ever put on me. And and I guess to me it was normal, but I suppose I should go back and thank them because my <laughs> year level at Caulfield Grammar, they were just wonderful, wonderful to me. Yeah. So obviously you are quite young when this was all happening. Um, can you tell us a little bit about when it really started kind of sparking off and your career as a runner kind of took off? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was probably when I was about – um, 15, I was just running in my age group. My parents were really big and my coach never were so big in staying in your age group as, as a junior because you can't <laughs> even go backwards. <laughs> and so um, I ran a race at the state titles and um, it was to try and make the world junior team um, and I ran a time that would have medaled in the senior um, <laughs> championships. Wow. And so the kind of that's probably when I thought, oh, I can do this sport and then I got named as uh, in the Commonwealth Games team as a 15-year-old, which – 
again, it was my life, so it was normal to me. But looking back, yeah, it was probably pretty early. I was traveling the world in year 10, missed a whole <laughs> term because I was, I turned 16 in Portugal the first day of the world junior competition. And then I went across to Canada for the Commonwealth Games. So, but it was wow. just, yeah, it was normal. And I guess having parents that competed and competed at a high level, they made sure that I kept my feet on the ground and stayed grounded. Yeah. Um, yeah, I also believe that you may have trained with Kathy Freeman at the Wesley Gym after Caulfield. <laughs> I did. See, I love my APS schools. <laughs> um, I did. So, yeah, so this is true. But um, did this influence your running career as well? Oh, she influenced me 100%, yeah. not just for athletics but for life. She's just one of the most incredible human beings. She's the best athlete I've ever seen run live, just phenomenal. She's so relaxed, a beautiful mover. And if you love watching sprinters run, she's just textbook beautiful to watch. Yeah. Um, the way she goes about her athletics, I loved. I roomed with her at Sydney Olympics, which was so special. Yeah. Um, and I learned from her the importance of focusing but also being humble and, and listening to the right people and, and, and believing yourself. She has incredible self-belief and she was just a lovely person. Yeah. Yeah. So other than Kathy, was there any other female role models you had growing up and what was it in them that inspired you? I think for me um, growing up, like like a, a lot of young girls, the, the female that you look up to is your mom. And yeah. so for me, she was the role model that I had growing up. And um, because I spent a lot of time watching a lot of male-dominated sports, I probably focused more on the male side of um, sports stars. But in track and field, <coughs> sorry, in track <laughs> and field, the beauty is that um, – that you have that wonderful ability that our sport for so long has had female and male participation. Yeah. And so, you know, even if you look through the history books of Australian athletics, there's always someone to, to look up to. But because my mum did the sport and um, she was successful six-time national high jump champion, oh, wow. yeah, I, I, I had her to look up to. Wow. Um, so going back to obviously you were competing at such a high level at such a young age, how did you find it like balancing your school and your social life with such high performance running? Well, if you're determined, I think you take that determination to everything. So for me, I was determined at doing well at school as well. So, um, and my parents also said to me, um, schoolwork was super important. And I remember in year 11, I wanted, I'm, could have made the world championship four by 400 team. And they said to me, you're not going to go because you went overseas for such a long time the year before you're going to focus on your schoolwork. So I think it was ingrained in me that schoolwork was important because athletics was a hobby. Um, it wasn't going to pay the bills. It was one of those things that I was good at. And um, you need to make sure that even if you're good at something, you still have um, a lot of other things that you can still do in your life just in case. <laughs> Um, also, in case you just joined, we are here at Carey Sports Complex interviewing Tamsin. So, um, can you tell me, do you have any regrets about growing up to your younger self and what advice would you give to it? Do you know, I think you wouldn't be human um, if you didn't have regrets. Yeah. But I think the mistakes that you make are the chances that you have to learn from and move forward. And if you didn't make those mistakes, you may not be in the position that you're at at the end. And yeah. I'm really happy with where I am now. Um, I worked really hard in track and field and I tried my best and um, I feel like I left no stone unturned um, in terms of going about it the right way. But, yeah, sure, there's lots of stuff I regret. I mean, I grew up, the first time I was on the front page of the paper, I was 10 years old. And so I kind of grew up with things that I could say may have been put in the paper. And so if I look back and I think or if I hear something that's said or if they play back something on YouTube that I'd said, 
oh my goodness, I cringe. (laughs) (laughs) But everybody would if they went back and went through everything that they'd said or done in their past. But you evolve, you change, you grow, you learn. And I think that's part of being human. And I'll own up to my mistakes, but I feel like that's why I am the person I am today. So I think, yeah, I have regrets, but I'm really proud of the fact that even at the time I would have been saying or doing what I thought was the right thing. I'm that sort of person who doesn't want to get splinters on, in my bottom from sitting on a fence. I want to say what I think. And I think that's the beauty of our um, being Australian. We're allowed to have opinions. Um, it's just making sure that you're respectful about the way you deliver those opinions. Yeah, no, definitely. So what was your best experience or memory? This is probably a hard one, but during your career of running. Oh, it's actually quite easy because yeah. when you work so hard at something for so long, if you think about starting a sport at 11 or 12 and your goal is always to be on that podium, like the number one podium and hear your anthem played, for me I only had it happen once in an individual um, sense. So for me the world indoor title in Valencia, Spain, was just a culmination of a lot of hard work and um, a, a way that I felt like I could bring my whole team together that's been a big part of it and just really celebrate. It was a really um, lovely moment for me and something that I was able to walk away from the sport and go, well, I didn't get the Olympic gold that I wanted, but not every athlete does. Um, and it's only a, a chosen exceptional few that do. And so for me to get that one moment where I was world champion for a day, it was really special. Yeah. So obviously – Running is mostly an individual sport, unless it's realised, obviously. Um, (laughs) So did you still feel that you had support around you, um, female, male, whatever that may consist of? Yeah, yeah. In track and field, like there's been times where I haven't felt that support, I suppose, because you're competing against people, but that's the competition side of it. In terms of the female side of it and the male side, because track and field has for so long been an equal um, gender sport, I've always felt like I've been supported um, in teams and coming through. Yeah. And have you seen, now you're commentating, um, have you seen other sports that don't have that equal yeah. um, gender? Yes. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, you see you see it in, in, in other countries, in track yeah. and field as well. It's not just... Um, um, you know, I, I come from Australia where we're, we're very big on making sure that in each event we, we support females and males. But in other countries, you know, we're only starting to see um, female representation lifting. Yep. Um, you know, we are a lot f- further forward than some of the other countries around the world. And that's why I love track and field. It is so global. It opens your eyes to a lot of the different cultures. Um, but you do see it in other countries in, in track and field and you see it in other sports. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a time where we can sit back. Sometimes we always focus on the negatives and how far behind we are. But in, in some instances, it's actually really good to go, okay, we're pretty good in track and field. Yeah. 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 So um, Greta just mentioned commentating. Um, how would you describe your experiences as a commentator so far? I really love it um, because I've been fortunate enough to learn from um, the best in the business. Bruce yep. McAvaney is the <laughs> best commentator going around and he's just a wonderful, wonderful human being. Um, I think I have to pinch myself a few times to realise that in athletics I roomed with Kathy Freeman and got to learn from her and then I've gone straight into another industry where I've got the best in the business yep. in, in Bruce McAvaney and it's bucket list stuff when you get to sit next to him and listen to him live calling a race because yep. he's just phenomenal. Yep. Yeah, you could say that like um, I've seen so many things about Bruce McAvaney saying he's so passionate and like would, what would you say to someone like a young girl or even boy who is passionate about, you know, um, going into this like industry and like broadcasting or even athletics? Like what, what advice would you give them? You know, 
the thing I love about broadcasting is that somebody who is passionate about sport but isn't maybe going to make it at elite level still has that ability to be involved. Mm. And broadcasting is a wonderful way to do that. Um, I think practice is everything and being well-researched. Always make sure you've done your homework so that when you come to sitting down and commentating on a race or on a sport, you know the sport inside out and you know the athletes that are competing. Cool. Going back to your <coughs> racing your racing career, what would you say one of your biggest lessons that you learnt from competing at such a high level would be? Being respectful. I think that's the wonderful thing about sport is you have to learn to be respectful of your competition, um, your coaches, the discipline that's involved in it, um, yeah, the self-discipline, the self-motivation, things that I've learned in track and field I've been able to take to the rest of my life and I think have helped me achieve in, in other areas as well because you have that ability to deal with high-end pressure, um, you have that ability to cope when you failed and come back from it um there's a lot of things that you do learn as an elite athlete that you don't realize that you're learning at the time but you can take to the rest of your life yeah and along like along this career what setbacks have you had and how did you feel that you dealt with them um you know in life not just for elite athletes you're always going to have setbacks I think the most important thing with a setback is to allow the emotion to be there to accept that it's happened and to be emotional about it, let it out, and then then work out a way to come back from it. Yeah, There's always a way to come back from it. There's always a way to turn the negative into the positive and then just try and move forward. Um, and if it's a negative ne moment, you'll find that that moment will help you in the rest of your life if you're able to turn it around and then come back from it. Like in athletics, the worst that's going to happen is you have a bad race, yeah. you know. It's not the end of the world. Um if you've given everything that you had on that day, that's all you can ask yeah. of yourself. You can be disappointed that it wasn't better and you weren't good enough, but um, at the end of the day, it's just a sport and that's how it happens. Yeah. yeah. I was also going to ask, um, as like just hearing you say this advice, um, it sounds like a lot like what you, you, know, you would say to your child and I know that <laughs> you have two children and I was wondering, are your children, you know, um, almost like kind of following in either mum or dad's footsteps because I believe that your husband or partner is a cricket player. Yep. So was. Um, let's was, not let's yeah. not back <laughs> no. um, but have you given them any advice or are they, you know, trying to follow in, you know, their parents' footsteps? And, you know, if so, like what what would you say to them, like, or even your younger self? Like would you compare them? It's really fun actually being a parent. <laughs> I love it. Um I have two children. Good research again. I've got a, a four year old Ollie and a seven-year-old Isabella, um, they both show signs that they'll be good at sport and love it. Mm. Um, as a parent, I'm really happy that they like sport because it means that they're going to do something um, where they're outside and it's a healthy pursuit. Mm. Um, we're big in just try the sports that you want to do and enjoy it. If it's not fun, we'll stop. Um, who knows what, what – I mean, my daughter has hand-eye coordination like Graham – um, who was a wicketkeeper in, in cricket. Um, and my son looks like he has a bit of hand-eye coordination and speed as well. But I just think that if you're in a team sport growing up, it's a really good way to learn respect of your teammates, listen to the coach. And um, they're having a great time so far with the sports that they play. But you do you do teach them a lot. And and I think for me it's all about if, if Isabella loses a basketball game and she goes, oh, I wish we won. I said, well, you can say to them, well, how are you going to be better next time? And she'll say, well, I suppose I could practice cool she goes out the back and she shoots a few balls and then she gets bored after 10 minutes and she's back inside doing something else you know but at yeah. least she's starting to learn that if you want to be good at something whatever it is 
you have to practice and you yeah. have to train it. And um, she also really understands the fact that it has to be fun. Like we drill that into her. Like, you know, what's the main, most, what's the most important thing after this soccer game or during this soccer game? Do I have fun, mum? Like, yeah. you know, so it yeah. is. You do go back and get that chance to instill in your kids those positive um, reinforcements with sport. And at the elite level, obviously it's not always fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> How did you continue your love for running if you did when you did it so often and it became so embedded into your life? Do you know, I, I think I am someone who's quite rare because in terms of a lot of sports people, you see when they stop, they stop what they did, mm. you know, swimmers especially. Like I know a lot of elite level swimmers and they don't go back in the pool for ages and I'm like, what? <laughs> I ran the next day after I retired, you know, I kept running. I have dogs that I take for a walk even this morning and I, I find myself running while I was just going to go for a walk. Um, I loved it. I, I loved the training. I loved pushing my bodies to the extreme. So even when sessions I was a bit nervous about, that feeling after completing it, that pride that you have in yourself for getting through a hard session, I just loved it and I loved my training group because athletics is an individual sport unlike a football or a cricket. So footballers and cricketers get paid a whole heap. Yeah. I used to say, yeah, but I get to choose my coach. I get to choose my training group. And I thought for me, even though it didn't pay the bills, I could live my life around it as yeah. well and I could I could really set up my own team and and that was awesome. Like I'd go down to training and you could chat during the warm-up and there was a social side to it. I found it hard to give up so much. Like I kept running after I had Isabella um, even though I was like 36, yeah. just because I was like, oh, I don't want to lose this feeling of going down to training and having fun. So I rarely struggle for motivation. And even on the hard days, the first thing that I would think after a bad race was let's train again and we'll yeah. go better next time. So yeah, I, I loved it. And I still love that feeling of just going for a run. So for me, it wasn't necessarily about being an elite athlete. It was just that I loved running. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, um, you believe that, you know, sports is always a great way to stay like healthy and it's all about having fun. So do you believe that like there are ways that people, you know, could approach not like being professional, even though you were an elite athlete that, but, you know, want to get somewhere. And even if like, like me, you know, you're not young and, you know, you kind of not have to like settle down, but, you know, you've got to kind of make a decision, but you're not having fun with the sport. How would you like address, you know, that problem? And like, how would you try and find something you enjoy if you want to take sport to the next level? See, that's one of the most important jobs for somebody like me as head of ASS at Carey. Mm. I want to teach everybody that the importance of being healthy and fit can be done by anyone. Yeah. You don't have to be <coughs> sorry, you don't have to be an elite sports person um, to be fit and healthy and feel fantastic after exercising. Anyone can do that. It's just important to find the sport that you enjoy doing or the exercise you enjoy doing. It might not be running. Um, but I do find a lot of people think they can't run because they think that you have to go for a five kilometer run. I think the idea of going for a five kilometer run is horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> I was a sprinter at heart. And so for me, I would never want to wake up and go for a five kilometer run. Others, other people will, they'll love that. But for me, I just, and I don't like having the plan these days of, um, set training. And you might be like that as well. You might not want to have to go out and, and do a whole heap of whatever's been told that you have to accomplish. You might just want to go for a walk and see what happens, yeah. <laughs> you know, see a hill and run up it and walk back down and run back up it. But, you know, you might find that a team sport's better. You might find the gym's better. You might like CrossFit or you might like yoga. But just getting out there and doing something and finding something that's your passion, I find that you'll keep doing it more if you love it. 
Do you think the pressures of social media has made this harder for people? Obviously, they're great apps. <laughs> Trauma's hilarious. Yeah. I do not understand it at all. But all the distance people tell me about it and how it's like an amazing app and I'm like, I don't want people knowing how yeah. far I run. Yeah. yeah, so there's apps like that and you see, I don't know, I might see someone from my hockey team, oh, she's gone for an eight-kilometre run, puts me to shame. How do you, yeah, how do you feel about that? Oh, I would have hated that. That yeah. would have made me so... I just I would have had to turn off it because yeah. if I thought one of my competitors was doing more than me, that would have really bothered me. You're competitive, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think you have to know your limits, and um, and it's like that question you asked before, Charlotte, about the weaknesses. That's my weakness, so I'd have to turn off from it. You'd have <laughs> yeah. to know that if if that's going to bother you, just turn it off. I I think. I think it's really important that people know that a lot of people on social media just post their perfect image, so their perfect vision of themselves. Yeah. I kind of like social media to post my worst vision or like something that's funny or something silly my kids have done. I think <laughs> yeah. it's more important that people laugh. But a lot of people I understand want to put the picture up that makes them look in a way that makes their self-confidence feel, feel good. But I just think it's a snapshot in time. That's yeah. what social media is. It's just a snapshot in time and it's the, time, it's the snapshot in time that you choose to portray. It's not, it's not necessarily real life because it doesn't show, you know, if, I'm, if I send a picture of my son, Oliver, with a smiling face on his way to kinder, it doesn't show him at the gate screaming that he doesn't want to get me to leave <laughs> and he's holding onto my leg and I'm trying to grab him off and I throw him to the teacher and I run while he's screaming, Mom. <laughs> like, you know? People don't see that side yeah. because it's just a picture or it's just, you know, some words on Twitter. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting social media. I'm glad I don't, you know, I'm not a teenager growing up in in. in in this era, but I think it's important that everybody understands that it is a, that snapshot. Yeah, so do you think it's something that needs to be made more aware of, that it it doesn't show both sides to your life, social media? Well, I think that starts with you guys. You know, you yep. guys are the ones who are probably more impressionable. Like somebody my age could put a picture of themselves going up that they've got in a, a light and I just look and go, oh, they look good, and I'd move on with the rest of my yep. life. But I think it starts with your generation. If you think that it's important and it needs to be changed, you guys need to change it. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming today. That was an amazing interview and certainly very inspiring. It's been great talking to you. Um, live from Kerry Grammar in Melbourne, Australia, you have been listening to Be Like Her Live on Kerry Live. My name is Greta Wansborough and my co-hosts today were um, Charlotte, Sam and Emma. Thank you for joining us today and we hope you have found the information today useful and inspiring. Until next time and have a great day. Celebrating female role models across our community live from Cary Baptist Grammar in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Be Like Her Live on Cary Live.